Agents Podcast. This episode of Lab Code Agents Podcast is brought to you by Link U. That's L I N K, the letter U. Link U increases your referrals and conversions with automated and personalized digital follow up. Link U's ultimate follow up machine and done for you follow up services can save you time, money, and energy by putting your follow-up on autopilot. And that's something we all need. This is how you get in front of your SOI and past clients and all different types of leads to get that consistency that you've been looking for. You want to learn more? Then you've got to attend one of their webinars hosted by LinkU's CEO and my friend, Wesley Rocha, where he reveals his follow-up secrets and the fastest way to double your real estate business. You can register now at www.followuplab.com. Trust me, this is not something you want to miss. Register now at followuplab.com. Welcome back, Lab Code Nation, to another episode of the Lab Code Agents podcast. And today, I tell you what, I'm excited. And I'll tell you why I'm excited. Because uh, the gentleman that we are bringing on today is probably not even arguably, I was going to use the word arguably, he is the best prognosticator of all things real estate and mortgage that exists in the industry. Most of you probably know him. He's the CEO of the MBS Highway. That is a platform that us mortgage professionals like track religiously. Uh, and he is a three-time Crystal Ball Award winner uh, by Zillow and Pulsonomics for the most accurate real estate forecast out of 150 of the top economists in the United States among many other accolades. I don't even want to bother giving them all. I'll let you do it, Barry. Welcome to the show, Mr. Barry Habib. So nice to be with you, Jeff. And it's great to be back talking with my friends at Lab Code Agents. You know, uh, you guys have such a wonderful organization. I remember a couple of years back, you're kind enough to have me come speak to the to the group in Miami. We, you know, I, I pulled up the slides from that. We told you that a recession was coming in 2020. It did come. We said real estate values were about to explode to the upside. We said that that, that and that it happened. So uh, I'm really excited to talk with you guys again. It's great to be back. You guys have always treated me so, so warmly. That's awesome. That's awesome. And so I want you to kind of, for the listener who may not know who you are, kind of just tell them a little bit about yourself, how you've come up in the business, how you've gotten to where you are today. And then I want to just tease this, folks. Like we are, we're recording this at the end of March. This is probably going to be released sometime in late May, early June. We are in a time where looking ahead is so critically important for your business sustainability. This is the guest. This is the show. You want to just stop what you're doing, get out your pen and paper, pull over your car, get off the treadmill, listen. So Barry, first, tell us about yourself. Well, wrote a book called Money in the Streets, which was a number one Amazon bestseller. It's a wonderful book with regards to finding opportunities. And I think that's very appropriate for today because there's so many opportunities in real estate that we have to be able to help our clients identify because it's really challenging. You have to you have to win the home today. You don't just buy a home. I think that, that we all understand the challenges of that you have to keep your customers from getting discouraged because they might look at I look at homes for a few weekends and let's face it, it's not easy. God bless you, real estate agents. It's it's exhausting looking at homes, you know. You know, the first the first home you look at, they're 
climbing up the stairs two at a time to go see what's up on the second floor. The second one, they're still enthusiastic. By the third home, they're like, you know what? I'll stay down here. I'm sure it's nice up there. You know, so I, I, I get it. I understand what you guys go through. God bless you. It's not, it's not easy. And you put a lot of time in. You don't get paid unless something closes, right? So it's very discouraging and heartbreaking for you to have a customer after a few visits to homes and days that they've spent with you say, hey, you know what? Uh, maybe we'll come back in six months. So we're going to talk about that today. I'm going to talk about ways to solve for that. I'm going to talk about ways to win the home and solve for how do you correctly advise your customer to bid over asking price. And I use the word Jeff advise because that's what it's all about being an advisor. And that's what we do at MBS Highway. We really help mortgage professionals and real estate agents become advisors because we explain and articulate the market conditions correctly to them. But um, some of the fun things I've done is I've, I produced Chris Angel in Las Vegas. I produced Rock of Ages on Broadway as a lead producer and managing partner that became worldwide. I've done some acting. I've been in nine movies with speaking roles. Uh, had my own show on CNBC, as you well aware, for 13 years. I still make some regular appearances on Fox and CNBC. Um, I've been pretty entrepreneurial. I've had a medical imaging business. I was in the mortgage game for many years. Had my own company, built it, sold it. And I also uh, was a top producer. I was ranked the top producer in the United States in the entire industry a couple of times in the back in ancient times, in the 90s. But uh, 2019, you know, there's about uh, a half a million people that are in the mortgage industry. And I was named the mortgage professional of the year in 2019. So this, this is a real quick 30 seconds. I don't want to spend this on me, but um, I think that for the people that are listening to your amazing show that you put out, uh, this is really about them. And this is really about how they can gain fulfillment in life and how they can help their customers. I love it. Well, uh, you're going to take it off of you, but I'm going to bring it back to you just for a minute because I think it's really important. Uh, and I always like to get a little personal with our guests because I think that's fun. So you mentioned the whole lead producer thing. Like, what does that even entail? So I've done some acting and there's a movie that I was in. Um, I actually made the trailer on it. It's a pretty cool movie. It's got an all-star cast and it's called Barry Monday, M-U-N-D-A-Y. If you pull up the trailer for Barry Monday, you'll see me. I play a doctor in it. And, uh, and the guy who, who wrote and directed it, Chris Dorenzo, and I became pretty friendly. And, um, you know, he was going over the dailies with me. And I always like to be coached and learned. And the dailies is you, know, you take the shoots from each day and, and you kind of go over. And he's kind of coaching me on some stuff. And uh, he's like, Barry, you know, um, you're, you're, you're a pretty good guy as far as the business world and economics and this and that. He says, you know, take a look at this. And he shows me the script for Rock of Ages. And uh, I loved it. And four other friends or partners, along with myself, we financed it. We took care of the business side of it. We put it up off-Broadway first. We were the only second show in the history of off-Broadway to get a movie deal because it was such a big success there. And then it's a good thing I was pretty inexperienced and didn't know how tough it was because then we said, okay, well, let's take it on Broadway and really take all the risks. So I put, I put a lot at risk and did it with my heart. Certainly didn't do it with my head. The theater owners, um, they were, how about this, for, for kind of a little bit of a bad omen, the theater owners, they were already looking for the next show before we opened because they didn't think we'd stay open for more than six weeks. Well, as it turned out, we were the 27th longest running show in the history of Broadway. We're obviously closed now because of COVID. We hope to reopen, but it became worldwide as well. So that was a wonderful life experience for me. I was very lucky, very blessed, but I learned a lot, you know, different different areas, but one thing remains true for all of us to consider, and that is removing points of friction. And uh, I would watch people come in, Jeff, and they would they would want an adult beverage. You know, some Manhattan, some people are a little bit late, 
It's a long line to get your drink. You spend 18, 20 bucks for a drink. And then ding, ding, the show's about to begin. Well, guess what? At the time, you could not bring your drink to the seats. So people would get a little upset. They'd have to guzzle their drink. They really wouldn't enjoy it. And I was like, why can't we just let them bring their drinks to the seats? And the theater owner says, we don't do that. We've never done that. And none of the shows on Broadway have. Well, Jeff, if you get to know me a little bit, that's not a very good answer for me. So it took me a while, but I became the first show in the history of Broadway. I negotiated the deal to allow drinking in the seats, removing a big point of friction. People had a much happier experience. And guess what? Every show on Broadway does it now. So these are the types of things, and I talk a lot about this kind of stuff in my book, where you remove points of friction. And there are certainly a lot of points of friction that exist today in real estate that we can talk about ways to remove those points of friction. That's that's a good segue. What is the connection, the segue, actually, from what you do on prognostication, which is Wall Street-ish, and theater, uh, before we get into that Wall Street conversation? So people are people are people, and there are certain principles that hold true, regardless of the business that you're in. Sure, you have to learn about the different businesses, but, you know, People want to be made to feel special. They want to deal with somebody that they trust. And look, you win trust two ways. Whatever business you're in, whatever relationship you're in, you win trust two ways. The first one is by not being afraid to tell them everything bad. You see, if you want to be a great real estate agent, forget about the commission. You want to be a great salesperson, anything. You want to be great in your relationship. Tell them everything bad. People will trust you. Okay. If you think about it from the point of view of, I want to talk to my customer in a way that actually protects them. And instead of us being on opposite ends of the table, we're both on the same side looking at this. And while we'll look at the good things, we're also going to examine the bad things. I'm going to tell you all those bad things because it's my job. I'm an expert. I've seen all these bad things more often than you have. So I'm going to be your advisor. I'm going to treat this every transaction as if you were my daughter, my son, my parent, my best friend, and you were gonna do business with somebody else and I'm going to tell you what to watch out for. That changes everything. So don't be afraid, let go, and you will establish trust very quickly. And by the way, in everything in life, relationships, whatever, it's all about trust. The second way you establish trust is with knowledge. And here's something that you have to work on because you can't give what you don't have. I mean, everybody thinks they're an advisor, but are you really an advisor? Are you really educating yourself to understand everything there is about creating wealth through real estate? Because there is so many things. We're gonna to touch on some of that today. But Jeff, this is part of gaining trust. And once you gain trust, you can be successful in anything because people will pay more. They don't have to pay more, but they will be willing to pay more if they're gonna be doing business with somebody they trust. They'll certainly tolerate more in a relationship if it's with somebody that they trust. Mm -hmm. So this is so critical. So trust is everything. And if we learn how to establish trust quickly, we'll certainly win more transactions. We'll be happier in our relationships. We'll just, we'll just be more successful in general. I love it. I love it. And I want to go back to the first point, which was telling them all the bad things because I've been in the mortgage industry for 20 years. And if there's one thing that the, the consistent conversation that you have with salespeople in general, it's that you don't, they think they have to tell them what they want to hear. They think they have to be a yes man or yes woman, right? And I think there's probably realtors like newer ones who are sitting here right now thinking, well, if I tell them bad news, they're not going to want to use me. 
How do you respond to that kind of mindset? You got, they'll use you more. They'll trust you more. Think about yourself in the buyer's position. If you're with a salesperson, a salesperson, all they're doing is selling you. They've got their commission in front of what's in your best interest. And all they're trying to do is sell you. So you're going to push back. You're not going to believe it. If they're an advisor to you, well, then you're going to trust them more. Then you're going to listen to what they say. But an advisor is going to tell you the good and they're not going to tell you the not so good. And they're not afraid to do so. So take your commission out of it. Take all that out. You know, in South America, there's these amazing creatures called spider monkeys. They're pretty intelligent. They're nocturnal, which means they don't come out at night. And they're very valuable for hunters. And hunters devised a way to capture them. So what they would do is they were really smart and difficult to capture. So at night, they put a big, heavy box that they ventilated and put in it the monkey's favorite food. And they only left a tiny slit that would allow the monkey to slide their hand in through it. Monkeys would come out at night, they'd slide their hand into it, they grab the food, but then as they go to try and take out the food, the clenched fist that they had does not fit through the slit. And the hunters would just come and pick them up and capture them, that <laughs> easy. So in essence, they trapped themselves. Now, all they had to do was let go and they can have the freedom that they desire. All we have to do is let go of our fears, let go of our insecurities and get out of our own head and start working truly for the customer's best interest in advising them and you'll have everything you desire. That's that's fantastic. So with with that, that's those are those are some powerful words of wisdom. But obviously, I have to get into the whole, you know, the, the forecasting and the prognostication. This is what you're great at. And for those of you that aren't familiar with Barry, on the mortgage side, especially, you know, he's a regular guest on the National Real Estate Post. You guys have gotten to know Frank and Brian. And the conversation is typically about what is the market doing? What drives what drives rates? How, how does this going to affect your business? And I think, Barry, what I'd like you to do is rather than having the same conversation that you typically would have on one of those shows is more of putting yourself in the mind of a realtor. And for them, it's saying, all right, the 10 year treasury, blah, blah, blah. How does this really affect me? Why should I be paying attention? Number one. And then number two, all right, what's coming. So let's focus really on, on the real estate aspect of it first. So you're hearing a lot of issues these days with regards to people saying that, a, affordability is a problem. B, when we come out of the forbearance issue, it's going to destroy the real estate market. C, there's a housing bubble. This is what you're hearing as a real estate agent every day. You're hearing it in the media every day from Diana Olick, from Florida Atlantic University, from Adam Data and Crash Brothers and Housing Wire. You're hearing all this negativity about housing. Okay, uh, so, so those are the obstacles you have. Then you're going to meet with a customer that's going to be discouraged because it's not easy to find a home and then they got to pay over asking price. And it's your job as a real estate agent to hold their hand through this and get them to the point of wanting to correctly assess if they should bid over asking price and by how much. Now, I understand there's some heartburn that could come with that with appraised values and loan to values and things like that. But in general, that's what the that's what some of the main obstacles that a real estate agent today is facing. And you know, it's great to get listings, always great to get listings. But in this marketplace, I can imagine real estate agents probably don't have a big, big issue with getting an abundance of potential buyers. You probably are thrilled for a listing, but you get buyers coming in. It's almost like, oh, oh my gosh, you know, how am I gonna how am I gonna satisfy my customers' needs in this market? Because it's not easy. Yet it's part of what you do and it's part of building a future. So 
let's address those one at a time. The, the first one is let's dispel the, the and, and let's also talk about where the real estate market is heading. Okay. So the real estate market, as hot as it is, it's about to get hotter. It, it, I know it's almost inconceivable, but prices will rise even further and may even go up uh, at a faster clip. And the reason for this is what we've always looked at. It's what allowed us to correctly forecast the housing bubble before anybody saw it. And we correctly called the turning point. You can see it. It's documented. I was on CNBC, the first one to call the turn. They all made fun of me. But I called the turn in the housing market at the exact correct time before anybody else did because of demographics. And what we look at is households being formed. That means someone leaving mom and dad and moving out of their place and turning on the electric in their own name. So they get their own place. That is the demand side. The supply side is builders putting up homes. Those are household completions. So demand is households being formed, supplies households being completed. The median age of a first-time home buyer, and the first-time home buyer is the real critical element here. A move a buyer, they buy a home, they deplete inventory, but they also replace a home, so they put one back. So they leave inventory in a neutral state. A first-time home buyer removes inventory, but doesn't replace it. The only one that could replace it is a builder. So now when we take a look at first-time home buyers, the median age of one is 33 years old. That's a statistic according to Zillow. That means today's first-time home buyer was born in 1987 or 1988. And as we look at the birth rates of what happened in the next five years after 1987 and 88, they exploded higher. Mm. They exploded higher, which means that over the next five years, there's going to be an even greater influx of first-time home buyers that are going to deplete inventory. And like anything else in economics, if there is more demand than there is supply, the price rises. That's why you're seeing prices rise today. So this is the first thing that we have to understand that home prices are going to continue to go up and they're going to go up in a big way because there's just going to, not going to be enough supply to meet the demand. So that's one element. The other that we hear all the time, and by the way, that's exactly how we forecasted the 2006 market crash, the housing bubble, is because if you take a look and take that median aged first time home buyer in 2006, so they were 33 years old in 2006, that means they were born in 1973. Well, guess what happened in 1973, Jeff? we had abortions become legalized. So the birth rates in 1973 plummeted. Hmm. And 33 years later, exactly 33 years later, you've had so many fewer people coming to market to buy a home. Meanwhile, builders were putting up homes like crazy. They did not get the memo. They didn't look at the <laughs> demographics. They didn't listen to us. And by putting up all those homes, they created an oversupply. Too much supply, not enough demand, prices go down. And that's exactly what had occurred. So these are very reliable because listen, these people are born, they're coming. You can't change that, okay? So it's gonna happen. So we know this influx of 33 year olds are coming to the market and what you're about to see is demand increase dramatically. Now, some people will say, okay, but what about forbearance? People are gonna come out of forbearance and the housing market's gonna crash. Well, let's understand forbearance. Forbearance allowed people to pause their payments, not make a payment. So maybe you don't make payments for a year, and then what happens is you don't have to make up that year's worth of payments immediately. What happens is, is that you then take that total, if you didn't make payments for a year, and to make it easy, let's say it was $1,000 a month, that's $12,000. You don't pay interest on it, you don't make payments on it, it rides along the first mortgage as if it was like a home equity loan or a second loan, except there's no interest, no payments. You settle that when you sell the home, refinance it, or the loan matures. So that could be way off in the distance. It's gonna be staggered. It's not gonna have a big impact. But let's remember, there's not that many homes in forbearance. Second. What's, wait, what's not a lot? 
approximately 4% of transactions went into forbearance on, on mortgages, non-jumbos, 4% of mortgages total. Okay. Now, remember 37% of homes are on free and clear. There's no mortgage. So it's, it represents about a 2%, 2.5% slice of the overall housing market. But the thing of it is, is that they're going to be staggered when they have to settle up. Now, there's a lot, and remember, there's tons of equity. The average amount of equity in home today, Jeff, is $200,000. The average loan to value is 51, wow. which means there's 51% loan, 49% equity. That's average on a home. In the last year, we've gained 16% equity between appreciation and amortization. So these numbers are saying that people have a lot. And based upon that, what happens that we have to be concerned about is that while you don't have to make up the missed payments, you have to resume making your normal payments. So if it was a thousand bucks a month, you have to now start paying that thousand dollars a month again. Sadly, so many people went into forbearance, about a third of them that didn't even need it. Yeah. So that won't be an issue. Secondarily, more than a third of them have gotten their jobs back. So they should have no problem resuming the thousand dollar a month payment. But there is a small sliver. Now remember, COVID disproportionately affected renters by four to one over home buyers. So homeowners, I should say. So there is a small sliver of people that now have to resume payments who have not yet gotten back to work. In those cases, those people may have to sell their homes. But homes are selling in two weeks, as people on this call know better than I do. And we're seeing a ton of equity, as I had mentioned. So we're not going to see any disruption or deserve or, 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 or situations because that's going to be absorbed very easily into the market. It'll be welcome. It'll be like a drop of rain in a desert to get this inventory on the marketplace. So don't worry about forbearance. The other thing that I see is affordability. Now you may wanna just jot this down, take a minute here to take a pen and paper because it's important that you understand the math behind it because it is something that your customer needs to understand. The media screws this up because they're clueless. So I'm gonna walk you through this in a way that you will understand it, but you may want to write these things down because you need to explain it to your customers. So as we talk today, I don't want you to just understand, I want you to be able to teach, okay? So these concepts are very important. You hear in the media all the time, it's not affordable, housing market's unsustainable, it's not affordable, blah, blah, blah. You hear it every day, that's not true. Here's the fact, this is the seventh most affordable market on record. So why does that make sense? Let me walk you through. Imagine you hear the headline. Now, as we record this, we just received the most recent existing home sales report and it showed the median home price rose 16%. It also shows that hourly earnings rose 5%. People say it's unsustainable. Well, let's understand this. First of all, the median home price is not appreciation. That's the mix of homes. Since there's no inventory on the lower end, not a lot of people buying on the lower end. Homes above a million dollars, sales increased by 80%. So the increase of homes above that level move the median home price up. And it's not because it's not a demand, as we all know on the lower level, it's just not a lot of inventory on the lower level. So it moved the mix of homes, increasing the median home price. Now, appreciation, real appreciation is still very robust. It's actually up 10% year over year. Now, somebody's gonna say, okay, Barry, it's not affordable because you have 10% appreciation, 5% income gain on hourly earnings, unsustainable. Well, don't look at hourly earnings because you can work more or less hours, right? You wanna look at weekly earnings. Weekly earnings are up over 6%. Now, somebody might say, okay, Barry, okay, fine, you're right, we should look at weekly earnings, but still 10% appreciation, only 6% hourly earnings, unsustainable. Here's where we have to do the math. You wanna write this down. Imagine a year ago, somebody was looking to purchase a home and the principal and interest payment was $1,000 a month. Now, 
In order to qualify for a principal interest payment of $1,000 a month, the number you're going to put to the right of that would be your income, $5,000 a month. That would be about right. Now, as we go down under the under the $1,000 a month, let's fast forward to this year. We know there was 10% appreciation. Now, we know interest rates are similar to what they were last year, which means in order to account for the price of the home going up by 10%, their payment would go up by 10%. So instead of $1,000 a month, it went up 10% to $1,100 a month. The payment went up 100 bucks a month. So on the surface, you might say, well, it's less affordable unless their income went up, and it did. Now, in order for their income to go up to meet this, they're making $5,000 a month now, right? That's the number you put to the right. So underneath that, in order to balance this out, their income had to go from 5,000 to 5,100. Now it's neutral. Now, okay, my payment went up 100, my income went up 100. It's exactly as affordable as it is, as it was before a year ago. Except to go from 5,000 to 5,100, that's not a 10% rise like the payment. That's a 2% rise in income. And this is a critical concept because with incomes going up over 6%, believe it or not, but it's a fact, if interest rates stay relatively the same, prices could go up 10, 15, 20, 25%. Guess what? You'd be more affordable, not less affordable. Mm. And this is something that the media does not understand because math is hard. And that's why the housing market is continuing to do so well is because it remains affordable because incomes are rising. That's powerful. That, that's because you're right. When you think of it on the surface, the math doesn't add up. 6% increase, but a 25%. No, that doesn't make sense. I mean, I see what you're saying. So you may, there's several things I want to ask you here. Uh, I have let's, one, more point, I one more point that I think real estate agents are, are continuously struggling with. Really, there's two. And one is that people say, well, maybe I'll come back in six months. So what we have to have, be armed with is the ability to look within a specific zip code and see what the forecasted appreciation is. Because then by showing that to a customer and saying, look, here's what the value of this home is today. And I know you say you can't find a home right now, but a home today that's selling for 500,000, if appreciation in this market is 6%, our forecast, by the way, is between seven and a half and eight and a half percent, but let's just say it's 6%, then that home is gonna go up in a year, $30,000. In six months, it'll go up $15,000. So you might wanna come back in six months but it's going to cost you $15,000 more. That is $2,500 a month. Are you sure you want to wait six months and lose $2,500 a month? Or do you want to stay in the game now? And this is a lifesaver for real estate agents. Now, that's the first aspect that they have trouble with. But the other is multiple bids on homes and bidding over asking price. So we have built into MBS Highway, as you know, we have an AVM. We have a automated valuation model. So it's similar to Zillow's estimate, except be careful, please, with Zillow, because when you go to their estimate, what happens is you become pixeled. Now, what does that mean? I know you know this, Jeff, but being pixeled is something that we've all had happen to us many times. Let me explain. You went looking for a pair of shoes, a car, clothing, household goods, whatever it was. And then guess what? You go on Instagram, you go on Facebook, you're surfing the web, and the ads that pop up are for that exact same item you were looking at. How did they know that? Because you were pixeled. So when you or when your customer, more importantly, go to Zillow, they're going to then be bombarded with Zillow's realtors and Zillow's mortgage professionals. So you want to protect your customer 
from being stolen from you. So keep them off that. That's what we created in ABM ourselves. Works just the same way. Put the address in, gives you the value. So we want to first take a look at that value of the home based upon an automated valuation model. Now the realtors listening to this, I'm sure they're smart, they're sophisticated. So based on the comps that they could get, a pretty good guesstimate of what that ABM would be anyway, because we're talking to a sophisticated group. So let's just take a home and let's just, I'll use a real example. This just happened. Home was listed for $900,000. The ABM, as it turned out, came in at 910. So it was worth 910, they listed it for 900. There was a cash offer at 890, full price offer at 900. Somebody bid over that at 920. Somebody was at 930. In order to win this home, this client had to go to $940,000. Now, in many cases, Jeff, the customer's like, well, how do I know? Like, well, you know, I, I guess I'll flip a coin. They're wondering. So here's what we need to explain to the customer. And a realtor who is doing this today, and there are several, is striking gold. This is magic what I'm about to tell you. If you could properly give the customer a way to evaluate this simple answer to this simple question, when in the future will this home, which today is worth 910, be worth more than the $940,000 I'm offering? That's all the client wants to know. Maybe they don't understand it just yet, but that's the answer that they're looking for. Mm. I'll bid 940 if the waiting period for the home to reach that level is reasonable. And in this particular example, the answer was five months. So the customer's response was this, well, wait a minute, I'm gonna close two months from now. So that means only three months after I close, it'll be worth more than what I paid for. And then we show them how much more it's gonna be worth over the next five years. And they're like, oh, this is a no brainer. I will go 40,000 over asking. But now in some cases, because you know, as a real estate agent, I don't envy you. You've got sellers out there with crazy numbers, okay? So if it's gonna take you six years for the value of the home to eclipse what you're paying for it, you may not feel the same way. And this is what I mean by trust. This is a great way for you to gain that customer's trust by showing, showing them facts, not conjecture, not anything that has your, your they, where they might say, oh, well, you're just telling me that because you want the commission. You're telling me to bid over asking. No, I'm showing you evidence why it makes sense for you to bid over asking because you're going to recover that in a very short period of time. And in the cases where it's a very long period of time, I'm leaving it up to you. You know, if it's three, four, six months, that might really pay off. If it's three, four, six years, you, you need to think about that. And this is magic for the realtors who are using this right now, Jeff. That's powerful. So uh, I want you to, to re revisit where they, so a realtor is listening right now thinking, holy crap, I need this in my life. I hate Zillow. Where do I go to find this? And this won't be the first time I ask you this. So we have it in MBS Highway, you could utilize it. Or if you're working with a mortgage professional that uses MBS Highway, we're the only ones. We created this, we invented this, we're the only ones that have this data, we're the only ones that have this tool. It, it, it's the only one in existence, the only game in town, which makes it great for you. So you can either subscribe to MBS Highway, great, or make sure your mortgage professional is using, utilizing MBS Highway. We have a lot of realtors that just do it themselves because they just rather have it at their fingertips and not have to ask anybody. Uh, it's a really powerful tool. And then all the other tools that we have in there, the, the buy versus rent tools, the real estate report cards, really powerful. Because this is something that you should not be having a conversation without giving that customer real estate report card. Everybody wants to know the demographics of their property, you know, what, what, what the uh, income is, what the affordability is, what the future looks like, how many homes are expected to be built in this market, how many homes the, uh, that are going to be formed with household formation, all the things that you would need to evaluate this. You know, what happens, Jeff, is you show somebody one and everybody's, oh, wait, do mine, do mine, do mine, do mine. So this is something that, you know, it's by zip code. 
extraordinarily powerful and it should be part of your advisor consultation with your customer. Not only that, what about using it to market to a farm? I mean, could you now go in and create a report for a home and then just start mass sending this out? Brilliant. Yes, absolutely. And you can report, record, you can send out the report for the current AVM on their property because people don't even know what their home is worth. Mm -hmm. So pull up an AVM. It's independent. Just set here. Here's an automated value. Here, did you know your home is worth this much? Somebody who's not even thinking about selling their home, but they're like, wow, I can get that much for it. Maybe I should consider selling. These are things that we need to peak interest because one thing that real estate agents are starved for today is product. It's inventory. You know, if you want to gain listings, show people how much money they can get for their home to potentially entice them to consider selling. Yeah, that's uh, that's. Hey, that's remember what COVID did too. What COVID did too is a lot of seniors who would normally be in a position to sell their home and go into potentially some sort of a long-term care facility are saying, I'm not going there. So we're not getting that inventory as well. So we're really starved for inventory. It's interesting. It's interesting. I, so when it comes to, let's go back to just subscribing to MBS Highway, for example, what is, what is the ratio of mortgage professionals versus realtors that are in the platform? And then could you, could you say those, those items again? Because I think a lot of realtors have, first of all, they may have never even heard of it. So if you're just being introduced today, you need to go check this out. It's just not for mortgage people, but repeat those uh th those tools that they can use because this is told this is stuff we don't talk about every day we're talking about how to write a winning offer to get the deal how about this how about you give them the data on why they should go over asking i mean that's just mind-blowing and it, it, rather like you said i mean it's not an opinion it's fact it's amazing so tell, so, tell us so Jeff, if you were to go back three or four years ago it was like 98% mortgage professional, 2% realtor. Now it has grown to about 7% realtor, 93% mortgage professional. Because listen, there is a cost for it. But you know, when you take the cost that's you know you're gonna justify, it comes out to roughly you know 160 bucks a month, just roughly. What do you make on one real estate transaction? You know, you, it, if it helps you get one transaction that you would have lost. It pays for itself for the rest of your life, literally. You know, it's a, you can't spend enough in MBS Highway to make up what you made on just one transaction. Um, and it's it's the transactions you don't even see because that data, even if you don't get the deal today, nobody else is doing this for the customer. And you're so professional that even if you didn't get that deal, they're going to say to somebody, they're either going to come back to you when they're ready or they're going to say to somebody, well, you, you better speak to this person because they blew me away with all of their knowledge and experience and data that they have and the, and their advice. Yeah. They're an advisor. They're not a salesperson. They're an advisor. And that's what people want to gravitate to. That's what you want to gravitate. When you buy something, you don't want a salesperson. You want an advisor. Yeah, 100%. You want to learn. You don't want to be sold. Yeah. Well, and you know what you just told me right there too, though, as, as, as we're speaking to a real estate audience, primarily, he just said 7%. And so I, I'm going to two, two trains of thought here. One, that spells opportunity for me. It means nobody, almost nobody's utilizing any strategy. Talk about differentiation. The other side of the coin is if you just can't get past that and you're like, no way, I'm not doing it, then make sure you're working with a mortgage professional that has it. Simple as that. If they don't have it, frankly, they're living underneath a rock as far as I'm concerned. Uh, but those are one of the two things, if not both, that you should be doing. I love it. All right, Barry. So we are we are coming we are coming a little long on time here, and and I, I guarantee we could probably talk for hours. I'm sure you get this a lot. What would you say is what the one thing that 
you would advise you're the broker of a brokerage right now you own you know you have your own you're running your own team and your team's coming to you saying i i'm looking out ahead where where should i focus my energy or what strategy should i be working on so that i sustain when the market does correct because you just said Barry, things are going to remain great which is good and bad because a lot of people will just sit back and be like oh sweet just keep collecting checks right but you and i both know and anybody who's been in the business this is going to go like this it always does so where would you advise someone start working towards looking out ahead to create that sustainable business well when we when we look at the longer term as you said certainly it's going to be a hot market but the amount of transactions is going to be constrained because let's remember you know, there's a lack of inventory you have fintech companies now creating a larger footprint and when the total addressable market is large you don't feel their footprint infringing on you as much but as the total addressable market starts to condense a little bit just purely because of a lack of inventory, not because of, there's no demand, certainly a lot of demand, we're going to feel their footprint more and more. And you're already seeing it open door going public, you know, so you, I don't have to tell you all the names, you live with them every day. Mm -hmm. So as these challenges arise, people ask me all the time, because they know I'm kind of very in touch with the marketplace to Barry, what should I invest in? What should, and they, they're looking for like a stock name or this and that. Here's the best investment that you can make. It's between your ears, invest in your brain, invest in your knowledge. Because if you think you're gonna win a price war in this industry, please think again. If you think you're gonna win by being expeditious, don't you see the way things are going? It's all going towards automation. Everything we're doing today, think about where we were two years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago, 20, how much automation has taken place. There's something called Moore's Law, which says we are doubling technology every two years. So. Two years from now, there'll be twice as much technology instead of people doing things. So we can't win those games. Here's the way we can win. You can win by advising. If the experience, look, you know what, Jeff, all of us in life, we admire people that are magnetic. It's like, man, they're so magnetic. They've got such magnetism or charisma. I'm gonna give you the secret to being magnetic. Simple. Everybody you come into contact with, and Jeff, you, you do this naturally. Everybody you come into contact with Make them feel better, number one. You can all do that and make them feel smarter because everybody will crave that and they'll want to gravitate to you. You do those two things and you have achieved magnetism. You see, we can make people feel better, but in order to make them feel smarter, we can't give what we don't have. Yeah. So that's why people listen to your show because they want to learn. The people that are listening to this, I know we're preaching to the choir because you guys already get it because that's because you're tuned in, you're dialed in. Mm -hmm but continue to learn as much as you can because that's where you can win. You can grow your expertise. The technology companies can't keep up with that. The real estate agents who are your competitors that are just taking orders, they can't keep up with that. Yeah. Your expertise will grow your business. So that's the one thing that's more critical and crucial today more than ever. So truly be an expert, truly be an advisor, never stop learning. And if you do that, you can become very magnetic and you'll be super successful regardless of the market that you're in. That's powerful, man. And, and you, this is coming from, again, the guy who's winning all of these awards for prognostication, which requires an insane amount 
of just being dialed in and just an understanding and knowledge. And here he is telling you guys, focus on making people feel better and focus on your knowledge so you can lift up their knowledge. And it's, it's, it sounds so simple and it is, but for whatever reason, there's just something holding them back or chasing shiny objects. I love this. Can I just say one other thing? Yeah, please. Jeff and that, listen, folks, um, every one of you needs to have a monetary goal. You, you, you need a monetary goal and you need to have achievement goals too, whether it be level of units and, or dollars or whatever it is, but you need growth in your life. You can't forget about the other aspect of it, which is fulfillment. How many people do you know that are successful or made a lot of money, but they're not happy? Happiness to a great extent comes from, if you define happiness in a word, I'd say progress, okay? But to sustain it, you need fulfillment. And fulfillment oftentimes comes from doing something that's meaningful, that's good, that helps others. If you're pouring into your own knowledge so that you can truly make a difference in somebody else's life and helping them make the right decisions, not because it benefits you, you'll get the benefit of it anyway, but because you're truly doing something that helps that family that you're helping, how good does that feel? We've all been there, okay? It's better than the money. Heck, we take the money, of course, we've earned it, but the feeling that we get is better than the cashing the check. Yeah. And as you reach forward for your goals, reach back, help somebody along because that's the balance that you need to really be happy and doing what you're doing. And then you really don't work a day in your life if you're feeling good about what you're doing. Right? Awesome. Come from contribution. We say it all the time in lab code agents. I absolutely love it. So Barry, if somebody is, you know, just absolutely magnetized to you, which I have a pretty good reason. There's a lot of people that are, uh, where is the best place to find you? Let's say, tell them again, and, and what do they get when they do that? Because I know that I get to listen to you and see your face and hear what, your wisdom like every day. So tell, tell our audience. Well, thanks, Jeff. You're, you're awfully kind to me and I appreciate that. And uh, first of all, thank you to all of you that have taken the very valuable time out of your day to spend it with me and Jeff here. So uh, I want to tell you that I honor that and I hope that I've been able to, uh, to earn the, uh, the time you spent together with us. So um, you can you can find me pretty easy on social media, you know, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, uh, but you can also um, go to mbshighway.com, and uh, you can certainly take a free trial. We can we can talk with you and help you. Just uh, if you tell them that you're part of Lab Code Agents, we'll even do something special for you. Jeff, we'll come up with something uh, that will be a significant discount to help people that are listening to this because listen, we all want to win together, right? So um, so so so. Easy to find. Fantastic. And so what he just mentioned, we'll work together after the recording. We'll put something in the show notes. Just make sure you go find that uh, because that's very kind of Barry to do. So we appreciate you, Barry. This is fantastic. MBS Highway, that's where they need to go. Uh, is there any place else where they can find you and connect on social media? Where are you guys all at? Yeah, um, uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, you know, we're, 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 we're pretty easy to find. But, uh, but folks, God bless you. I just wish you so much success and, and, and happiness out there. And Jeff, thank you for all the good that you do. You're a great guy, man. But it's been a privilege to be here with you. I appreciate you, Barry. This episode of the Lab Code Agents podcast is brought to you by RedX, the complete real estate prospecting solution. RedX offers high-quality lead data on expireds, for sale by owners, vacant rental property owners, pre-foreclosures, and geo-leads, the number one data source for neighborhood prospecting. 
You can also filter, organize, and call your leads inside Vortex, the all-in-one lead management platform, free with any lead subscription. With RedX, you get more than just phone numbers. You get all the tools you need to connect with more homeowners who are actively looking to sell. RedX is offering our listeners $150 off. Just go to redx.bz forward slash LCA. That's R-E-D-X dot B-Z forward slash LCA to sign up for RedX today. Radical Agents Podcast.